Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Man, so thankful for that, for a, uh, a young lady who's serving the Lord, using her talents for God and what talents he's given her. That's just awesome. And knows who she is in Christ. Boy, that is so important that we know who we are in Christ. Love that. Thank you so much, Demi. It was awesome. Um, I have uh, going to do something a little bit different today, and I'll go ahead. Uh, I'm going to ask my wife to come up and help me preach. Actually, she's going to read some scriptures for me. So, Connie, if you'll come up. But before we get started, did we have a good service last week or what, Sunday morning? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Thank the Lord. If you were here, the, the Holy Spirit just moved, and God moved, and just moved in such a special way, and touched uh, so many hearts and lives, and, and uh, man, it was just absolutely tremendous. And uh, so now what happens is that's a pretty good kickoff for our pastor. Our pastor, for those of you who may not know, he's actually preaching a revival this morning, tonight, and then through Wednesday night in Farmington, Missouri. So isn't that cool that they get what we got? He just, amen. So let's, uh, so I, th I think this morning it's only right that we absolutely uh, honor pastor and bless him because he is stepping out and he is, uh, again, blessing others, blessing others, another church. They need to hear what we hear and what we see and, and see God moving through him. So I've asked uh, Brother Mike to come up, Mike Allenball, if he'll come up and just pray over the pastor and that revival. And let's join with him. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit is just poured out on him and in them, and their lives are transformed and moved forward, and they're closer to God just from his ministry being there. Our precious Heavenly Father, we come to this morning, and Father, we're so thankful for the gift that you've given this church and our pastor, the anointing that you've placed on him and what he's brought to us here. But Father, let us always be mindful that the church isn't just about us. It's your church, and Father, we're thankful that you're choosing to use him in other areas besides just here, and we hold him up this morning in this service where he's sharing your word, sharing the bread of life with people there, and Father God, I ask that you bestow a special anointing upon him and an anointing on the people's ears to hear and rightly discern your word, and Father God, we ask not just for something that will stir them up and make them excited, but, Father, we ask that the Word will go down deep within their hearts and touch them to the very core of their being and bring about a change. Father, as your servant Paul said, that we travail in birth again for you until Christ be formed in you. And, Father God, we desire to see Christ be formed in us here and where he's preaching today and throughout the body of Christ. And Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your gifts that you've given to the body of Christ. We praise you for it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I believe, I believe that. I believe that as he prayed that that's exactly what's going on. Um, and he pretty much preached my sermon, what I'm going to speak about today. So that's always awesome when it's confirmed. It was confirmed by, by Pastor Sean when I walked in this morning and he was talking so uh, this morning I'd like to talk about the title of the message is that we need to store more because there's more in store. We need to store more because there's more in store. And there's a couple of points I'd like to make. I'd like to make a challenge. Uh, the first challenge or the challenge is, is that we know the scripture and that we know the power of God. And then we'll get some scriptures to back that up. The second point or the first point I'd like to make is that we have a window of opportunity. I believe that at Christ's point, 
we have a window of opportunity. The second uh, point I'd like to make is that the Holy Spirit of the river has to work or get into us before it can work through us. And then the last point I'd like to make is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So, Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We're thankful for your guidance and your directions. And, Father, right now, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear exactly what the Spirit has to say to the church. I pray, dear God, that you would speak through me with clarity and uh, with a pointed mission and message, God, for this church and for, uh, and for the, just the church in whole in general, God. We ask you these things, and we thank you for them and believe you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the first scripture we're going to read is in, found in Matthew 22, verses 23 through 29. But before Connie reads it, I want to kind of set it up. So uh, this is the Sadducees. The Sadducees are going to ask a question to Jesus. Uh, now, it was a question that wasn't legitimate. They wanted, to, they wanted to trip him up. They hated Jesus. The Sadducees hated Jesus. And I, I'm not trying to judge their motives. I can see in the scripture that it says, the first scripture will talk about that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. So they didn't believe. They didn't believe in angels, demons, heaven, hell. They didn't believe in the resurrection at all. Yet they're asking Jesus this question about what happens, in the, what happens after the resurrection as far as marriage is concerned in heaven when they didn't even believe in that. So again, they're trying to trip him up. If you think of the Sadducees, the Sadducees were the aristocrats. They were the people who had money. In fact, they were known more for their wealth and for their corruption than they were for their spirit. I'm, I'm not even sure that that group of religious people, the Jews, I'm not even sure that they even really were worried about the spirit. They just wanted to rule. They just wanted to rule. They, uh, they were head over the Jerusalem temple. They were head over the Sanhedrin. So kind of the governing body of the Jews. So this was a pretty influential group. In fact, they even had influence with the Roman government. And here they are with all their arrogance, and they're going to trip up Jesus, or they're going to try to. So let's see what this has to say in Matthew. The same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Okay, stop there, and then I'll have her go on after that. Now, let's, let's get that point that right there. So they're trying to trip him up. They're talking about this thing with marriage, and seven brothers have married the same wife. Who's going to be married in heaven? Jesus, so just as only he can do, as only the Son of God can do, which is this wisdom, his anointing, and his power, says, you do err. The mistake is, my friends, when you come to trip me up, is you don't know the scriptures and the power of God. Can you imagine coming at Jesus not knowing the scriptures or the power of God? But that's what they had done. So, Connie, if you would, go on. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. 
All right, and I want to focus again. The challenge this morning is on that first part. And if you think about it, here are the, here are the Sadducees. Again, this group that was after Jesus that hated him. Here they are, and they're trying to trip him up. But let's, let's focus kind of on the answer that he gave him. In fact, I think that answer goes far beyond the situation. So when Jesus said, you do err, or you're making a mistake because you don't know the Scriptures and the power of God, he's not only talking about that certain situation, but he's talking about far beyond that. And if I can take it a step further, let's look at this. So the, the Sadducees came with him with a pretty deep question. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I'd answer. You know, if they, somebody asked me about that, that kind of seems like legitimate. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So who's going to be the husband, who's going to be the wife type situation? But they were coming him with a deep, deep question. And he said, the mistake is you don't know the scriptures and the power of God. So I'm thinking, you know, Connie and I, I think it was really very appropriate for Connie to help me today, to be up on the stage and help me today, because this is our heart. Our heart is discipleship. Our heart is people growing. I love it. I, boy, when someone comes to the Lord, my goodness, the angels in heaven rejoice. Ah, praise the Lord. What a wonderful time in the church and the history of the church every time it happens. But, boy, we just don't want people to stay there. We want people to grow. There's so much that God has for us, so much that he has, so much that we have in Christ that we don't know. And I think we, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to use this scripture and say, the problem is, is that you don't know the scripture or the power of God. So when we're trying to grow, we're trying to get into deep things, but we don't know the word of God. So this morning, our pastor has already, what, five, six, seven weeks ago, he put out the charge, the four things we're supposed to do, the last one is to be intentional about Bible reading. That's what we're supposed to do. So I'm kind of going to echo that very same thing today. There's no way for us to grow unless we get in the Bible. Now, I will tell you, and I'm as honest as I can possibly be, I've been in this thing a long time. I've been in church a long time, and I've seen a lot of pastors. I've seen a lot of preachers. I don't know anybody who can preach better than Dr. Josh Pennington. I'm not just saying that because Tiffany's here. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, we hear the word of God, and we hear it anointed, and we hear the power, and we hear, I mean, we get that. We get that. But the fact of the matter is it's not enough. You are not going to live a victorious life. You're certainly not going to grow in the Lord unless you get in the word yourself. As good as it is, and he can preach it Sunday morning, and oh my goodness, last again, last Sunday morning was so awesome. He preached it, you know, Sunday night, can you preach it Sunday night? Even Wednesday night, three times a week, it's not enough. You're not going to grow. You're not going to move forward. You're not going to be able to defeat the enemy. Now, this was the enemy. This was Jesus' enemy coming after him. He just hit him with the word. You don't know the word. Or the power of God. Those two things. So I, I really want to, that's the challenge today is, is, is let's, let's know the Word. Let's get into the Word more. Let's, let's take it on ourselves. Let's not rely on somebody else to feed us. Uh, but let's, let's take it on ourselves. And, and thank the Lord we have a pastor who can do that. Thank the Lord we have a guy tonight that is an awesome pastor who's going to preach the Word tonight. So we've got, a lot of, we've got a lot of great preachers around here in this place. But we've got to do it ourselves. We've got to know it ourselves. The other thing is the power of God, and I cannot resist doing this. I just cannot. Um, what is it, Matthew 29? Is it 29, 13 that says that with men things are impossible, but with God all things are possible? I will tell you this morning, 
beyond a shadow of a doubt and back it up with the word of God that God is all-powerful. There is nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing that he won't do to see you saved and see you on your way to heaven and on your way and to meet him in heaven in glory when the rapture takes place or we pass from this world through death. There's nothing he can't do, and I've got to use Roger. So, Roger, it's going to be hard to say this, but uh, so is there anything that God can't do? There's nothing. There's nothing. So if you remember nothing else this morning, remember that. There's nothing that God can't do. And if we're going to grow and we need to grow and let's grow because there is, we need to store up the word because there's more in store. So we're up here in the we're up here, uh, Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, right? Oh my goodness, the spirit's moving. Pastor Ronnie comes over to me, big smile and looks at me and said, Pastor Doug, he said, we haven't even scratched the surface to what God wants to do at Christ's point. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it through the word. I believe it through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been spoken. We haven't even scratched the surface to what God wants to do here. But if we're going to get there, we need to know the word. We need to know the power of God. We need to experience the power of God ourselves. I'm in the, uh, my dad's been in the hospital for 12 days and had a rough time, so I'm in the emergency room. We were there from, well, for about 15 hours in the emergency room. And uh, so there's this lady who is screaming, horrible. And I mean, I think, oh, my goodness. And for a while in pain and, and almost guttural and almost, almost animal-like. So I'm there, and Dad's, Dad's struggling, too. He's in the emergency room. But I'm listening to this lady, and I'm thinking, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a physical problem. I don't know if she's in so much pain and torment that she is just screaming at the top of her lungs. I don't know. I don't know if she is just mentally tormented. I don't know if there's something going on. I don't have any idea what's going on. But you know what? I do believe in the power of prayer. I'll know that woman. But you know what she needed? She needed God. She needed to know the power of God. So I said, okay, God, I believe your word. I believe it's true. She's been praying. She's been praying. She's been screaming for about an hour, so I began praying. Maybe over an hour. And just, again, it's just horrible. You think, oh, God. So I'm saying, God, your word says that by your stripes we're healed. She has a physical healing. If she needs a physical healing, God, I pray that you would touch her. I pray, God, that you would release her from whatever torment, the pain that she's in right now. Father, if it's a spiritual thing, Lord, you said that the weapons of our, war not, are not, of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're pulling down the strongholds. In Jesus' name, I rebuke that. I love it. Don't you love it when pastor says, what is it? We, he uh, binds and rebukes the power oh, of the, the enemy. So he's just doing that over and over again. All of a sudden, you just hear a calm. I'm thinking, oh, God had nothing to do with Doug Spears. It had everything to do with the power of God. Don't tell me there's not power in prayer. Don't tell me that God doesn't have power. I've experienced I've seen it. I see it here. I see it among you. So this morning, this morning, let's get that. Let's get a hold of that. Let's grow. There's so much in store for us. So we need more. We need more. We need to store more because there's so much in store for us. Praise the Lord. So, okay, that's the, that's the challenge. So now we'll go on to this first point. Uh, Connie, if you'll read for us there. That yes, there's, there's a window of oh, let me, there's a window of opportunity. I kind of set that up. I believe right now, uh, 
that we have this window where we're in. Each of us has an opportunity to grow. I don't care whether you've been a Christian for a day or you've been a, a year or 10 years or 50 years or 60 or 70 years. We all need to grow. Anybody been a Christian over 50 years here? Pat, so do you still think you have room to grow? Absolutely. We all have room to grow. Okay, so there's this window of opportunity I have because it's coming. It's coming. So, Connie, go ahead. Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Okay, if you can wait just a moment. I'm bad at interrupting. So, uh, so if you look at that, so you look at this first part, he said in this, uh, this is Ezekiel's uh, uh, prophecy. So he's prophesying things are going to happen. So in the Old Testament, he's prophesying about it. And he's talking about that this river is coming from the temple. Well, this is really significant. Because how many of you know we got a lot of problems in our world today? <laughs> um, I, in my lands, every, every place you look, every different area of our lives, we've got problems, situations, the world's kind of gone crazy, nuts, and chaos. We've got that. But what Ezekiel is saying here, he's saying the answer, that river that we need, it's not coming from the capital. It's not coming from the White House. It's not coming from Amazon. It's not coming from Google. It's not coming from Walmart. It's not coming from a professional ballpark. It's coming from the temple. It's coming from God. What we need, what this world needs today, what the United States today needs is God. We need a heavy dose of God. We need the presence of God, and we need the temple. We need that presence of God to shine forth both here and every place we go. So, again, the temple is very significant. Okay, Connie, go on. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. Okay, let's stop there. So, we know that the, uh, the, it's, the answer is coming from the temple. And let's, there's, she, the first verse she read talks about the door. The door is Jesus. Okay? Uh, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the door. So, Jesus is the door. That's more of Jesus, more of Jesus. We need more of Jesus, more of Jesus. The river that's coming out, the river that's coming out is the gospel of Christ. I thought, how interesting that Jesus told the Sadducees, you err because you don't know the scriptures and the power of God. And here Ezekiel is saying in his prophecy that Jesus is the door. There's the power. There's the power that we need. And this flowing that's coming out there is the scriptures. Wow, the word of God. So that's why we, we need that the power, the power of the gospel of Christ is the same today as it was when it first came out. It is powerful and it changed lives. So, Connie, go ahead. And he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through 
the water came up to my waist. Again he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Okay, let's stop there. So, let's get this today. So God is saying today, and I think the Holy Spirit is saying today, there's people in all areas here. So if you think about this, you think of the river, so it's, it's flowing. It's flowing in the temple, right? It's flowing, and there are people who are in it to their ankles. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So glad you are. So glad people are so glad that you have, you have accepted Christ as your Savior, and, and you're on that road to, to heaven. You're on your road. You're, you've got that journey, and you're starting out. That's awesome. But there's more in store. So we need to store up more. So some of you here are too. You're up to your knees. Now, so if I'm walking in the knees, if I'm walking in the water, it's a little bit of, I'm feeling a little bit. So some of you are, you, you've, you've got that little itch. Something's happening inside you. you. I may not even know what it is, but God is stirring something inside. You can feel it. It's, it's coming up. You can feel what God is doing. You can sense what God is doing. Uh, maybe haven't started, maybe just, uh, again, uh, haven't, you haven't plunged in yet, but, you, but you're moving forward. That's awesome, reading your word, picking out that scripture that makes all the difference in the world. If you think about the, the, the power of the scriptures, what was it? Psalms 119, uh, 111 says that, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, I learned by reading the Bible that if I do read the Bible and get that inside me, it helps me uh, battle Satan. What about Psalms 19 or 119, 105 where it says, that uh, it was talking about God and it's talking about the, how he has, uh, uh, let me see, Psalms 105, where it talks about the, uh, what is it? I got up here. I don't want to miss it. So I'll get it up here. Uh, okay, Psalms 105, where it says, I may have to have you look that up for me, huh? Or I can look it up here. Psalms 10 or 119-105. I know the scripture. Ah, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Need direction in your life? Read the word. Read the word of God. Okay, uh, Connie, go ahead. Verse 7. When I returned there along the bank of the river, were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there. For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to Engaliam. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. 
Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month, because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for medicine. Okay, so as we get into that, and we get waist deep, waist deep, your life kind of starts to change. People are kind of saying, this is something different about this guy. There's something different about this gal. Then when we move forward, we grow, and we really get, and we get out over our heads. When we totally immerse ourselves with God, totally immerse ourselves with him, and give our lives wholly to him, what happens? So you go to the bank, and you start seeing this flow. The very purpose of the river, the very purpose of the word of God, the very purpose of the power and the Holy Spirit of God is to bring life and healing. Life and healing. So I was thinking as I was praying and thinking about this, God help every single person in this congregation, every single person who's here this morning, wherever they are, to bring life and healing. Where, where, where'd you go last week? Did you bring life? Did you bring healing? Did your very presence and the power of God working through you bring that? Did this, is, that, is, that where are, is that where we are? Boy, Lord, help us to get there where we can do that. And this river, again, it's flowing, and it's like, oh, God, it's, it's, it's the life, and it's the, it's, the, uh, and it's the healing. So this is Ezekiel's dream, and then I started thinking about our pastor's dream. Remember the vision he had? About the same time that we started, we've been praying for two years. <laughs> You know, we've been praying for two years about seven different things, eight different things, and one of them is that there be a spiritual awakening. I think that we're starting to see that spiritual awakening. I think we're starting to see it. We talk about the river. We talked about it starting out there and flowing inside here, a different river, but the river of the Holy Spirit flowing here, the anointing, the power, again, of this, uh, the body believers in each and every one of us. And he's, uh, you know, man, I, I think that not only him, but other people have had kind of that very same vision about what God is, there's more in store what God wants to do in this, in, this, uh, in this church, among this body of believers, and among us as individuals. So he sees that, and then we're praying for two years, and I'm thinking, oh, God. But we've got this, this window of opportunity right here because it's going to break loose. Anybody, anybody else believe that? Don't you sense that? Amen. I sense it. I'm, I'm just, I'm really not trying to, I'm, this isn't even a, a pump you up type. For me, it's this is where we are. This is reality. This is where we are. And this is what God is, you know, is saying. Okay, you just, you need to grow. Each and every one of us need to grow. I don't know. I, I look at this couple right here. Are these like the coolest people on earth? I, I just don't know. You know, and both of them, they could sit in front of a camera and you just think, oh my goodness, it just doesn't get any better than this. They're so awesome with their, their ministry. You know what God is doing right now, though? What? The first of next month? There's a new ministry that's born here. October. Okay, first of October. Okay, October. There's a, there's a new ministry that's starting. He's preparing them right now. He's been preparing them for a long time. Whatever they've gone through, whatever they've faced, that's preparation for what God has in store for you. And you have such an anointing on your life, and you're going to change so many lives, and you're going to be so powerful under God's anointing that it is just going to blow people away. Just simply, but, but, there's, but they need that prep. Amen, amen. But they need that prep time. Amen. Jessica, no telling what God has in store for you. 
But there's a prep time, right? There's a prep time for us. We just need a prep time. So that time we need to take advantage of. Uh, Mike, he just said such an awesome thing. He said that he, when he was talking about a mentor that had talked to him this morning, and I kind of asked him on the spot uh, uh, late if he would come up and pray. And what did you say the mentor told you? Three things? You need to be ready to preach, pray, or be raptured at a moment's notice. <laughs> we need to be able to be ready to preach, pray, or be raptured at a moment's notice. I love that. That is awesome. Absolutely. But that's where we are. Oh, my goodness. When the glory falls, don't you want to be ready? Don't you want to have that, that? And not just, and again, there's probably no one here that's more emotional than me as you can probably see. <laughs> I can get pretty wound up. Probably no one here that's more emotional, but I don't want just that. So when it happens, when the glory falls, when God pours out his spirit, I not only want to be excited, I not only want to be able to shout, glory, thank the Lord, but I want to be able to speak the word. I want to be able to speak the word in season, that person whose life is broken and struggling and uh, just went to a funeral of a friend of ours that's life was taken early and you think, oh God, God, what could have we done to reach him? What could have someone done to reach him? Sat with my dad 48 hours in a row in the hospital and think, man, what is, life is all about just Jesus. It is all about the gospel of Christ. It's all about the gospel of Christ. So I need to be able to share that. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I, but the fact of the matter is that it's got to get into me for the Spirit can flow through me. It's got to get into me before the Spirit can flow through me. Okay, Connie, go ahead. John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Okay, let's stop there. So here's the situation, and in probably a lot of us have heard this story before, you know, about the pool of Bethesda and the guy who couldn't get to the water when he needed to when the angel was troubled. And so um, what a question to ask. Here's a guy who had been there 38 years, 38 years, and uh, un unable to get in and to get healed, and Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Man, that's, that's a question you think, well, that's a given. Sure I do. Do we? Sometimes what situation, even if it's a bad situation, it's comfortable. Even if it's painful, it's comfortable because no surprises. I'm used to it. It's just become part of my life. It's just become a part of who I am. 
So do you want to be made whole? That's, that's a very legitimate question. I think the Holy Spirit's asking this morning, do you want to be made whole? Well, let me take that a step further and saying, do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? Do you want to have that power when it comes? And it will come. And it may come in waves or it may come in all at once. I don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. And I don't know what God's going to do. And I don't know. I know that he is. And I know he already is somewhat now. But there's so much more in store. But we've got to be ready for it. And Jesus is asking today, the Holy Spirit is asking today, do you want to be made whole? You know how cool it is to see Demi up here singing and playing? Oh, my goodness. For the Lord, ah, that's so awesome. Absolutely love her. She's awesome. I love her. But, what, but, but that's what God is, it was, is that easy to do, Demi? Not completely. <laughs> no. Probably had to get at it. And I can remember the first time she got up here and played and sang, the first time I'd ever heard it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this girl should be on The Voice. It's amazing. Just so awesome, her talent. But it's, it's, it's not easy. You have to get out of your comfort zone. I wonder who today that God is calling, who God is saying, do you want to be made whole? Maybe do you want to grow? Do you want to be that person when someone's struggling? That God gives you the word that you need. That you can pray, that you can lay hands. I was in a prayer, I was in a Bible study Friday morning. Coolest thing on earth. Man. So I, don't you love how the God moves? So when I was at a Bible study Friday morning, gentleman there, uh, and we, we'd gone, we'd probably gone an hour children there expressed a need. So one of the guys in the Bible study, a buddy of mine, we, I've been in this Bible study for five years, he stands up, goes over, he puts, he puts both hands, puts both hands on his shoulder and starts praying for him. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I've ever heard a more anointed prayer in my life. This guy needed somebody right now to pray exactly what he prayed into his life. And you saw this man's countenance change. Not only that, but you saw him get up and go out. And there were some things that were going to take place that I know God worked on his behalf. But it was simply because, and then I talked to the guy later. He said, he said, Doug, you do that stuff. Why didn't you get up and do that? <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't supposed to be me. He said, I kept thinking, well, there's other people that might do it. He said, and God just kept saying, no, you get up. You lay hands on him, and you pray for him. I guarantee you could see, I mean, literally, you could see the countenance of this man change. And it was just completely different. And then we just had great, it was just awesome, just awesome. But because he stepped out, it wasn't comfortable. And this guy's been a Christian for a while, but he had never done that. He just, it was, it was a whole new thing, and it was just God's anointing, God's calling, and he did it. That's what God is wanting. Every single one of us, every single one of us, God using us with what he wants, what the gifts, the callings that we have been giving. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to stand at a pulpit to be used of God. My goodness, most people aren't. But boy, look at the ministry that goes forth. And God wants every single person here to catch a hold of that this morning. It's got to get into us before it can go through us. Go ahead. Verse number seven. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. 
And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Amen. And so he said, uh, Jesus said, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Read that, read that one more time, those verses. Just those last three. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. All right. Thank you. So here's the last part. And that is God doesn't uh, call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So here's a man, 38 years. 38 years he'd been sick. 38 years he hadn't been able to get into this, be healed. 38 he's there with literally virtually no ministry at all. Nothing really going on in his life. I don't know if he had touched anybody in his life. I don't know if he had any impact on anybody at all. But 38 years, and Jesus comes up and sees him, and he says, he knew his condition. I think it's interesting. I don't know. Don't you think kind of Jesus knows our condition? He knows how long you've been dealing something. He knows the demons you have inside you. He knows the things that you've struggled with. He knows every one of those things. Look straight at you. I think he's looking straight at us this morning. Boy, he did with me this week when I was, when I was preparing for this message. I said, Doug, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Then he's waiting for my response. Now, if you look at the word responsibility, it's our response to God's ability. What is our response to God's ability? So the guy said, but, but Matt, you know, sir, but sir, every time, every time that the pool is troubled and the angel comes down and does that, I have no one to take me. I think we have some people in the church today I think we have some people here, and I've been that, and I can still be that so easily. Um, but for whatever reason, don't think they're qualified. We, we may have, there may be somebody here who really hasn't ever thought about it. I'll, let me start with that first. Probably three types of people here. There are three types of people in this congregation this morning, and three types of people who are also watching online. One type of those persons is the person who really has never thought about it before. They may have been in church. They've been in church maybe their whole life but they haven't thought about actually stepping out in faith and seeing what God could do in their life. Talking about a girl who could be on The Voice, oh my goodness, Mandy has this phenomenal ministry and such a sweet spirit, such a sweet spirit. But I would say to you, Mandy, that there's more in store. There's more in store for Mandy than there has been right now, and God's getting ready to do that, but we've got to prepare. So, so the response is, okay, Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? And, and he says, I can't. Holy Spirit, God, please right now, Lord, just speak to hearts and minds and help this to come across clear and the way it should. But I believe that God is speaking and he is saying, do you want to be made whole? And there's some excuses are going out that are saying, I can't. And God is saying, no excuses. No excuses. You can. It's your response to his ability. God was standing right there. He knew that Jesus was standing right in front of him and knew he had the power to heal him. 
It was not a question. Jesus knew the power of God. Jesus was God. He's the Son of God. He was God. He knew the power. He knew exactly what was there, but he wanted the person to reach out. He was wanting to respond to him. What are you going to respond to him? So this morning, I think the Holy Spirit is saying, grow. Go deeper. Go further. Get into the Word and know more of my power. He's wanting us to experience that. But, but there's someone, you know, there's some saying, man, I, I've never even thought of that. <laughs> I didn't even know I could do that. So God this morning is saying, absolutely you can. Then there's the other person who says, I can't. I can't do it. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my failures. You don't know my past. And for one thing, I'm just not very talented. <laughs> I'm just not very talented. You know, there's, I, I, God, I don't know that there's anything that I could do. There's, that, there's the people in the church that really are saying that. And, and God is saying, God is right here and is saying the Holy Spirit, all the power is here. It's all here. All you have to do is reach out and you can do it. Jesus is saying that. The Holy Spirit is that saying this morning to every single one of us because he wants us all to grow. That's, that's why we love, it's one of the main reasons we love this church is because this church is about growth. We don't pe want people to stay where they are. We want them to have the fullness of God and his, and his reality in their lives. So that person, if you're here this morning and if you're here online and you've, you're saying you couldn't do it, God's saying, no, you can't. You can well, he's saying you can't. But I can through you, and you can in me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So the, the can't excuse goes out. So this morning, you're saying can't. No, God's saying you can. And he's not saying it in rebuke. He's not saying it in reproof. He's saying you can do this. He's saying you can do this. Pastor Sean, one of the most anointed Wonderful. Actually, my very favorite worship pastor is Pastor Sean. Absolutely love him. But there's more. And I would say that you wouldn't say, would God ask you to do something? Would you say, I can't? No. No. Why, why wouldn't you? Because I've seen him do things in my life, and I just know that I'm more capable than I believe in my own. So. He is seeing. Haven't you? Have you been here and experienced God's power in your life? Oh my goodness! And again, we're just scratching the surface. We're just scratching the surface. And so here we are, and we've got all these. Again, maybe we haven't thought about it. Maybe we have this excuse that we that we can't do it. But God is saying this morning, rise to the occasion. The last part of it says, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. This morning, get up, church. Let's get ready. Get up for what God has for us. He wants each and every one of us. And pastor, as good as pastor is, and I love our pastor, my goodness, and there's, I don't know anybody who's more talented and boy knows the word. I mean, all the different things that he has, but he can't do it alone. He can't do it. As good as he is, he can't. He's relying on every single one of us, all of us, to do what God has called us to do. I have been uh, talking to Cameron a little bit, who I absolutely love, a great friend uh, of, of mine, but it's, it's just, I love talking to him because it's what God's doing in his life. It's that you rise up, take up your bed, and boy, does God ever work through you. That's what God wants to do. So this morning, the message is very simple. First of all, if we're going to defeat the enemy, if we're going to grow, we're going to have to do two things. We're going to have to know the scriptures. And we're going to have to know the power of God.
those two things. You may not know the power of God. You may be online and not know it, or you may be here, and you have never experienced Jesus Christ as your Savior. Boy, today is the day. This is the moment to reach out. God will come into your life and gloriously save you and set you free, and you will be a brand new creation, and everything that he has will be yours at that moment. Second uh, Peter 1.3 says that according to his divine power, he's given us all things to pertain unto godliness and righteousness. So you have all those things. You got them right here. You may be thinking, man, I just haven't. I just, ah, it's just scary. I just don't know if I can do it or not. I just don't know if I know it. We need uh, people on the worship team. We need people upstairs. I, I love it. Nathan and Julie are upstairs right now. Our worship, pa- uh, our, our missions pastor and our uh, children's pastor is gone. So they're up there ministering. Got to talk to Nathan before the service and just believe that God has just blessed them and using them for his glory. And it's just amazing God stepping in. But look what God is doing. He's just using this person, that person. So Kaylee's, I saw her. I, I don't know if you've always been in the, uh, uh, back in the uh, coffee shop. But she was there. Well, how cool is here? Deborah's been there for a while. I love that. We're doing what? We're stepping out by faith. Stepping out and God is using us. God is using us and using us to to uh, just as a conduit for him. So who, who here this morning, you just haven't quite got a hold yet. You just haven't quite been able to say, I can do it. Or maybe you don't know anything. Maybe you don't know how you can be used or anything you can do. And, and uh, I would say probably, Sandy, we could probably use greeters or ushers. or See, there's, there's just so many things that we can do. So just get with somebody. We'll be good. With pastor or somebody else, we'll be glad to direct you in the right place uh, to be used. But but I think that the call is, is, is very strong this morning, and I think it's for such a time as this. Don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do, I do know that if we do that, accept the challenge that there is a window of opportunity. I do know that it needs to get in you before it can go through you. And I do know that God call, doesn't call the qualified but he qualifies a call. There is no reason I should be up here this morning other than God. There's not a thing I have to offer. There's not a thing special about me. There's not one thing that Doug Spears has other than God called me, and then he qualified me. It's just because it's his blood covers my sins, and I can stand before you clean today. You sit out there today, standing before me, sitting before me today, clean, because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. It's the power of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That gospel is so powerful and it is so true and we need to be sharing it and winning a world for Jesus. So, Pastor Sean, if you'd come up. Sing just whatever you'd like to sing. Let's just take a moment. We won't take long. It's, uh, we've got a few minutes here. Yeah, if the worship team would come up. Uh... I will I'll give you an ex- kind of example. One of the things that I found out in, uh, this week is that I can't make somebody eat. Uh, tried. <laughs> can't make somebody eat. So uh, my dad, uh, again, was in the hospital and, and didn't eat for four days and pretty much slept all the time but didn't eat. And I would talk to him and, and uh, just he didn't want to eat, just wouldn't eat. I got pretty frustrated. In fact, my wife, thank the Lord, I have... Uh, my wife, and she prayed for me, so I went through a pretty stressful time. She prayed for me, and God helped me, but uh, I couldn't do it. I said, Dad, (laughs) 
you know, if, if you're going to get out, if you're going to walk out of here, you know, you need, you need to eat. You need strength. So you need to eat, and then you can get better. We'll go home, the whole thing. And, and just couldn't, couldn't make him. The nurse came in, finally came in and said, Doug, said when his body needs food, he will eat. <laughs> Leave him alone type situation. But I, but I really, but I started the point, and I, was, and I think God, uh, the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me and, uh, and said, Doug, you can't make people eat. I can't. I can't, and pastor can't either. When he's up there preaching, he cannot make people receive the word. But boy, the soil can be good, and the Holy Spirit can be there, and the Holy Spirit can talk in ways that I never could, and he can be so much more clear, and he can speak directly to your heart right at the place you are. So right now, church, let's rise up. Let's rise to the challenge. Let's do what God has called us to do, and let's see him work. And we're not going to wait. We're not going to wait before the Holy Spirit falls as it's going to, as the river flows as it's going to. We're going to start right now so that we'll be prepared.